Jesus will heal. Walk by my side in desert strife. Let me and help me when I cry. So let me sing you one more song in case I leave.
if you were in my choir, you know this one. your baby boy one day walk on water Mary did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new this child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know? That your baby boy 
has walked where angels tried. And when you kissed your little baby, you kissed the faith of God. Mary, did you know? Luke chapter 2. Do we think about the Bible? Two. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. Then all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child, and so it was that while they were there and the days were accomplished, she should be delivered. She brought forth her son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And we'll stop right there. And as I thought and I read this story, something came to my attention. I don't know if you ever think about it. it is the here Mary and Joseph have left their home. They've gone to Bethlehem because that's where Joseph's family was from and Mary's too. To be taxed. She try, makes the, the travel and 
It's 90 miles, which might not seem like a lot, but it was 90 miles over rough terrain. They didn't have a road. They didn't have cars. They didn't have, you know, Joseph was a, a very, I guess you could say, educated man. He was a carpenter. They didn't have a lot of money. And they had to travel. And he was traveling with a pregnant woman. So it was a hard journey. It was a rough journey. When they get there and they try to find a place to stay, you know, one, Bethlehem wasn't this big, huge, booming metropolis, so there wasn't a lot of choices. But it says there was no room for them at the inn. And in truth and reality, the inn's people just didn't want them in there. She was pregnant. She could deliver at any time. And in Jewish times, if a woman gave birth, she was unclean for seven days. And so was everybody who was in the house with her. So it was just more that we don't have room. We really don't want you. And here in these few eight verses, we're introduced to two different kind of people. The first one are the town folks. And, you know, I just kind of told you a little bit about them. And the upper, other ones were introduced to in verse 8, the shepherds. And so you got shepherds and you got town folks. And then in this story right here is a picture of every one of us. My question is, which one do you mirror in your daily life more? Are you more like the shepherds or are you more like the town folks? So the title of my sermon this morning is just simple. Shepherds or town folk? Which one are you? The town folk, like I said, as we read here, and we kind of introduced them. You realize something. They're kind of cold and indifferent. Yeah, I know everybody's done made up their mind. said, so that ain't me. That's not me. I, I don't kick Jesus out. I got room for them. But, you know, they've already had it there. And a lot of us, we've already got it set in our minds just like they did. But you see, when you look at them, you realize a lot of stuff about them. We don't, it doesn't talk a lot about them. It doesn't tell us a lot about their character. But the one thing we see, there was something wrong. You see, I think what it is is one like today, and like a lot of us, they didn't see the needs. Here was a woman who was in need, and they just didn't pay attention. How many of you have done that? You might see somebody, you go by them, and you just don't pay attention to what they stand in need of. You know how I know it is? Here, here. Right down on the side of the road. Raise your hood. Put on your emergency flashers and watch everybody just stop to say, are you okay? Usually if that happens, you're more or less taking your life in your own hands because people are going to speed up. They might even nowadays throw things at you as you're on the side of the road. You see, these, these people were so caught up in their life, they didn't see nobody else. And Jesus kind of describes them in, in one of his parables in Matthew chapter 25 and, and verses 71 through 46 where he's been talking about the sheep and the goats. 
and then he he's described the sheep and then he describes the goats and i think it's a perfect example of them and it's a perfect example of a lot of people today and it says this it says then shall he say unto them on his left hand depart from me you cursed into prepared for the devil and his angels now listen to the reason why he's telling that. He said, for I was hungered and you gave me no meat. You gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. He goes through a whole list there of things they didn't do. You say, well, preacher, that's none of the things you got to have for salvation. But let me tell you something. When you get saved, you should have a desire to help people. Now, I know in the society we live in today, you have to be careful. You have to be, be certain. But so many of us have used that as a crutch that we no longer help anybody or care for anybody. Listen to their reply in verse 44. He said, and then they shall answer and said, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Oh, we never saw this happen to Jesus. If I'd have seen you, I'd have stopped. But I never saw it. But listen to what Jesus says in reply. He said, then he answered them saying, Verily I say unto you, as you did not want unto the least of these, you did not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into in life eternal. You know, I thought about it. I said, you know, how many times have I turned a blind eye and became the judgmental Pharisee that we all are? Well, they wouldn't be in that condition if they wouldn't have been like me. You see, I realize sometimes our problem is, is we, we hear, hear if Jesus was to show up at your house or his mother and dad show up and says, hey, my, my wife needs a place because she's fixing to give birth. And you say, well, well, if I do that, I might be liable. When if something happens to that child, oh, they, they might come back and sue me. We live in a generation that that seems to be what everybody wants to do. But the problem is we've used it as a crutch to quit doing it for anybody. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you helped somebody just because God told you to? Now, I ain't saying rush out day and every time you see somebody with signs saying, hey, oh, feed me. No. Have you prayed about it? See, our problem is, is we lost touch with the one whose heart we should be like. And, and you see, one of the things as a Christian, you want to know if you're a Christian or not, how's your heart? How, 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 do you, how, do you, how do you love your fellow man? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What about you? They were cold. They were indifferent. They didn't see other people's needs. And I think that's one of the things that, see, we live in a time now when it's hard to delve between people's needs and people's desires. But let me ask you a question. Do you even look? You, you, you think about this. Mary was close to birth, and they didn't want to even give her a place. Now, finally, somebody said, well, you can go to the stable. 
It's not much, but at least it's a roof over your head. How many of you were brought up with farm animals? I, I got a, a friend of mine at work, and he says, I got pigs. I don't got a lot of them. But he says, every time during Christmas I go by and I smell them pigs, I realize, ooh. You think this was not. We had this vision of Mary and Joseph like this in a nice open lean-to, lots of nice fresh hay laying around. But I guarantee you it wasn't that because I know back in those days, most time they were caves. Wet, damp caves with no ventilation where animals do what animals do. They eat and they get rid of what they eat. But you can stay there. So Mary great with child goes to a nasty smelly stable and nobody even comes she's you know it's amazing uh ladies you you know this to be true when you're pregnant isn't it amazing how everybody's nice to you just about they'll open the door for you they do all kind now once you have that kid you're on your own but right before then everybody's nice. but nobody even did that nobody cared they treated her like they do once you have that kid you had that thing it's all on you now can you imagine the night when her labor pains start? We've got this idea in our mind because we sing these songs about Jesus being quiet and everything's, oh, but let me tell you, she gave birth. Ask any woman who's given birth. It ain't fun. It hurts. And nobody came to check on Mary and her husband and a child who were out with the animals. You see, that's the kind of people that were in the town. Because why? Because they only cared about themselves. You know, I, I thought about this and I, I thought, I said, you know, isn't it amazing how Jesus taught about things like this? He taught about in Luke chapter 10, the Good Samaritan. And, it, and here's what he says, and Jesus answered and said, certain men went down to Jeru from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise, the Levite, when he was at the place, came, this one even looked on him, and he passed on the other side. So we all know that story. We got in our mind, you got this priest in these priestly robes walking down the road, and he sees it, and he says, I'm not even going to go near it. I'm going to get over here. Then here comes the, the Levite, one of the ones that work in the temple, and he walks by, and he, he at least walks up, and he probably went, oh, I bet that hurt really bad. And then he goes the other way. Here's people in this inn, Mary screaming, and they probably said, 
Uh, maybe if we sing a little louder, maybe if we talk a little louder, maybe if we uh, uh, put our pillows over our head, we won't hear it. You know what the problem with most people today is? We don't hear the cries for help all around us. We're too busy being like the Pharisee and the Levite in the story of the Good Samaritan that we don't pay attention to those who are crying out. How many of you have had people in your family that are crying out for help because it's all about us? You know, here's what we like to do. We like to play the Adam game. And I've told you all this so many times. that When Adam sinned, what did he do? He didn't man up to it. No, he said, God, that woman that you gave me, it's your fault that I'm in this predicament. And see, that's the way, we, hey, no, I'm not going to help. I don't care about nobody but me. See here, we, we, we're introduced to a few people, and, and we realize they don't care. Why? Because if you don't care about others, the only thing you care about is yourself. And the love of Christ is probably not in your heart. Now, Christians, what's bad is that can become you. Because your heart gets cold, it gets callous. Christ is still in there trying to get out, but you don't care. You fell in with everybody else. When was the last time you cared about someone other than yourself? Maybe you need to go back out and look on the babe in the manger and realize why he was sent. Be like the Good Samaritan. Here, a man who, who I always say it's funny, who, who really, really had no business doing this. He was a, he was down outcast. He, he was downtrodden. Nobody cared about Samaritans. As he journeyed, he came where he was. And he saw him. He had compassion on him. He went to him. He bound his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set on him. His, him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him and on the morrow when he departed he took out two pence and gave it to the host and said take care of him and whosoever spendeth more I will come and I will repay thee you know one thing you don't ever notice about that story is the man didn't say well here sign my contract so that I know I'll get money he must have said I, I can tell by your character that you're a man of your word And he, he took them in because this guy had that. How many of you got a character that says, I'm like that? You know what's amazing? For all their blindness, they didn't see the Savior. Here they are in Bethlehem, where in Micah chapter 5, verse 2 tells them that's where the Savior will be born. You would think. You would think if you knew that the Messiah, the promised Savior, was going to be born in your, your town, you would be looking for him. You would be ready. You would be prepared because your Savior, the one that's going to deliver you, is coming and will be born. Here comes somebody you don't know. They got a child. Hey, maybe we ought to treat. This could be, this could be the king. This could be the promised one. But they didn't. Micah told them this. He said, you're small. He said, but thou, Bethlehem Euphrates, though thou be littlest among the thousands of Judah, yet in Israel, whose going forth has been told from the days of old, from everlasting, he's the one I promised Adam. He's the one I promised Eve. I've told you he was coming, and he's going to be king. You better be ready. Were they? No, they were blind. 
He showed up in the middle of their midst. You think about that. He was born, and yet they never came. John told us in chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, he said he was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the he came into his own, and his own received him not. You think about this. Out in the manger, out in the stable, is the king of kings, the one whose very existence is there, who brought you into the world. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He knew about you at the foundation of the world, and yet you wouldn't even let him in the end. Christian, some of us won't even let him in our heart. We know all about him. I, I, I'll get more serious when I get time. That's a good joke, isn't it? When I get time. Because you never have enough time, do you? I mean, think about it. You never have enough time. But don't worry, God. I, I'll, I'll get serious when I get time. I'll get serious when I get older. Evidently, some of us ain't got old enough yet. You ever thought about that? How old are you? You know, I mean, everybody said, when I get older, I'm going to be really serious about this. Well, when do you get old enough? We, we make excuses as why we're, we're more like the townspeople. We don't make room. You think about it, and all... Their self-righteousness. In all their blindness, they missed them. But it amazes me is how the Bible shows us how easy it is to see them. Because there was a thief who recognized them. A thief who's on, on death row. A thief who's nailed to a cross. One who had went along with the crowd. Listen to this. And in Luke chapter 23, verses 29 through four, 39 through 43, said this. And then one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Does thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? We are indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. And he said unto him, this is the key words, Lord, remember me when thou comest to thy kingdom. In those words, he recognized Jesus for who he was. He was the Lord of lords, the King of kings. He knew that Jesus had the way to eternal life. Because he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You're on the same cross. You're dying just like me, but I know where you're going. Remember me. Please think about me. I can't go. Then Jesus tells them the truth. And Jesus said, verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You're right. 
you can't make it on your own, but through me, you can. You see, Bethlehem, if you would have seen, you would have seen who was there. In all their difference, they slept. And I'm going to read a verse to you. It says this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. We need to be more like the shepherds. You know, they were in general considered second class, untrustworthy. Shepherds back in that day were deprived of all civil rights. They couldn't fill an office. They couldn't vote. They couldn't be, they couldn't be witnesses in court. They weren't to be trusted. They, they were local Jewish men who was doing a job that nobody else wanted to do. They were tending the flock. What's bad is the flock they were tending probably belonged to the temple where the sacrifices came from. Because Bethlehem is in the shadow of Jerusalem. And so here in the middle of the night, this group of shepherd men who are already considered unclean because they stay with the beast heard the joyful noise. You know, Luke chapter 2, verse 11, listen to this. It says, For unto us he is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign under you, and you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Ever wonder why the angels went to the shepherds and not to the people in the village? Because the ones in the, 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 ones in the field would be willing. They'd go. The others were too busy thinking about themselves. I, I, always, I, I love the, the whole story. Is could you, I, I could just imagine what it was like hearing good news for the first time and, and just being kind of just just you know in awe it's like when 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 paul told the people in rome in romans chapter 10 verse 17 he says so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god and you think they heard the word of god that had been promised in isaiah 55 11 when it said this you know when God promised that his word would go out and it wouldn't be void. So they said, hey, unto you today is born a Savior, which had been promised. They heard God's word. And what did they do? They took it. They put it in their heart. They listened to it. It didn't go void. These guys got up. They went into the city to find. Now, I want you to know, we always have this idea because we've seen it in in. in in, in, in movies that here's this giant star it's shining down and everybody can see it for miles away and, and, and it's half light half dark and there's no problem be a shepherd out in the middle of the field where there's no electricity no lights you got a fire burning maybe for light you've just been blinded by a bunch of angels singing praises <coughs> so one thing you're probably still terrified and you're going to go from the field to the to the to the little town of Bethlehem, probably at a, and I'm sure it wasn't just, we're going to walk. As you see them in movies, they just slowly walk. I'm sure that's not how it was. They probably took off running. It was, you imagine tripping over stuff, 
falling on things. Can you imagine what they look like when they finally get to the city? They walk into the village. They're, I wonder where he could be. Probably one of them says, well, if it's me, I'd be out in the, in, in the, in the, in the mangers over here. Cause that's where we're all, well, let's go check there first. Cause I don't think they went and beat on the doors first. They went and they found the babe and they worship. Look, it's, he's here. We probably, we seen it. They told us we see them. And there's something about looking upon Jesus that just changes your life. And what did they do then? They went out and they told everybody, you know, one of the greatest things is they didn't keep it to themselves. They could have said, Hey, if we tell people, people going to think we crazy. Yeah. What kind of angels come to a, to a, to a shepherd you a shepherd you ain't even can't even testify in court but guess what god took somebody who he knew would be able to be used he took somebody who was willing to go who was willing to tell let me ask you a question today are you a shepherd or are you a villager are you willing to tell people about jesus i got i got a secret church they something fixing to happen that's going to be awesome Amen. we got something in the works. It's going to be awesome. But you know, people are going to go, oh, no, that's too much hard work. Can't do it. Oh, what good's it going to do? I can already hear the excuses. Go ahead, get them out, write them down so you don't forget them. But let me tell you, you want to share the gospel? Something's fixing to happen. If this church is willing, we can do it. But it's got to be willing. You need to start praying, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to be one of the most stuck-up villagers who don't care? Or do you want me to be a shepherd who's excited about your coming? Because let me tell you, just as surely as he showed up in Bethlehem, he'll be coming soon. You might not have tomorrow. Today might be the only chance you get to tell somebody about Jesus. Are you going to do it? Are you going to be willing? Are you too selfish thinking about it? Could you imagine? Oh, could you imagine if the trumpet sounded today and we're called home? Oh, could you imagine when, when you're standing before him, what's he going to say? You had a chance, but you didn't do it. Because we're all standing before judgment seat. Yourself, if you're a child of God and the trumpet sounds, you're going home. And during that Seven and a half years or seven years of tribulation before he comes back and steps foot on the earth. Woo, you know what happens? The marriage feast of the Lamb, but also the judgment seat of Christ, where we as Christians are judged for what we do. Not for your salvation. Christ took care of that on the cross, He paid everything. Every drop, every sin was covered. But what you did after then, from the day you asked him into your heart to the day he calls you home, we stand before him. What will you hear? Well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, I think I'm probably going to hear, you could have done more. But you stayed in the, in the building. I gave you opportunity after opportunity and you didn't do it. You stored up treasures on earth and set up in heaven. I don't know about you, but some days I'm ashamed of what I am. I'm a child of God, but I don't act like it. I act like that rich boy in the pig pen. No longer noticed of what he was he had been in the presence of the father and he went into the world he lost all the grace he lost all the trappings you ever thought about that before everybody knew who he was 
That's the father's son. And then one day he's in the pigsty, eating husk with the pigs, wallowing in the mud because he left the father. Christian, have you left the father? See, the greatest thing about that was the father was ready to take him back. My son, who was once dead, is alive. You see, Christian, you can come back to life. You ain't got to be a town folk. You can be a shepherd. You want to know the greatest thing about it being a shepherd is? It's what my Savior is. He's the great shepherd. He protects me. He watches over me. David had it right. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When he's my shepherd, I don't. I should want to tell. What about you this Christmas? What are you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. As they come to get a song of invitation, it's simply, where are you at in your walk? See, because everybody here is either a townsfolk or a shepherd. And what's bad is we go back and forth from day to day. There's nobody here can say they're as perfect as they need to be. But what are you doing to show the one who came to earth, who left heaven to be born in a manger, to die on a cross for you. What are you doing for him? Heavenly Father, Lord, during this time of invitation, Lord, I wish you would open our eyes as to what we are and what we do. Lord, have your way in with those that are gathered here today, those that are watching. Lord, show us what you see when you look on us. Lord, help us to be those who, who, we don't care what people think about us. We'll go tell because we have heard the joyful sound. We know that you save. Thank you for all you do. Amen. As you stand to your feet, we're going to sing page 183. 183. As we sing, the altar is open for any need you have. Coming to this season of the time, it's so easy to get caught up in 
everything buying gifts got to find that perfect one got to do this got to get that you know we we run we run we run and sometimes we just miss what christmas is about until day afterwards and you say well now it's time to take all the trees and all that down actually take time to enjoy this christmas what if this is the last one we have so you never you're not promised tomorrow you're not promised anything. The only thing you know if you're a child of God is tomorrow could be the first day of eternity where you spend it with him. But today might be the last time you get a chance to tell the story of Jesus to somebody. So remember that. Today we're having fellowship downstairs. If you're a visitor, I ask you to stay with us soup a sandwich warm up for you have to get out there in that cold wind and, and it's not too well you're you're you would be hot, <laughs> warm in the middle of antarctica <laughs> i do got a special prayer request i have to go pray for john and breed john starts a new job tomorrow john come here <coughs> John's going to go to work for the railroads. He won't be home much. He didn't do what I told him to do where he had to get somebody to sit in his booth the whole time. <laughs> yeah, people's going to fill in, but yeah, that meant you had to find some new members to take your place. I don't think you quite understood what I told you you had to do. <laughs> so, so we'll get you asked today. Come wish John best of of hope be praying for his family it's gonna be hard on the kids they're used to having daddy home every day good thing is he's got a good support group so uh he'll probably come back be ready to kill the grandparents because we'll spoil the kids to death <laughs> while you're gone but i want to get you to close us in prayer bless the food again y'all are invited to stay please Please stay for a little bit. Even if you don't want to eat, just come downstairs for just a minute. Say, let John know and Bree know you're praying for him. Church, most importantly, I love you. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful Christmas. And I'm going to say this, I'm getting the camera. We are having service next Sunday. Okay? So if you're watching us or you watch us later in the week, your church is not come join us because we're going to have service regular time we're not going to have sunday school we're just going to have service okay so y'all remember that okay john go ahead